0: Welcome to the 157th episode of the Young Turks Podcast from the Viner 4Gate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner.
1: And your co-host, Jordan Viner.
0: And joining us later on in today's episode, Bruce Posner. For only a second appearance, Jordan will join us. Uh, we recorded with him the other night and talked all about uh, really everything that's going on in the sports world, but mainly Jalen Smith's choice to enter the NBA draft.
1: Yeah, uh, it's good to have the big man on, Bruce Posner, the founder of Turp Talk and Red Turtle. And it's really shocking to me that we not only had him on twice, Mason, so this will be his second time.
0: Yes, it was. And before we get into the Terrapin rundown and get to Bruce, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, shine, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today. Contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Allied close due to the shutdown of Maryland, but as soon as this is all over, they're there for all of your party rental needs. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown.
1: Well, the first thing on the rundown, pretty small rundown, but pretty good content. The Lady Chirps, the American women's basketball team, picked up their first commit of the 2021 class with four-star wing Cheyenne Sellers from Aurora, Ohio. She is the 34th ranked player in the 2021 class, according to Hoop Girls, which is the prime women's basketball recruiting service. One thing to note with 2021 for women's basketball is the consensus superstar number one player of the class is Aziz Fudd from St. John's College High School in D.C. Look, this girl is a national story. Bleacher Report profiled her recently, and she is the absolute number one target for the Terps.
0: Yeah, if they can get her, that would be a huge pickup for Brenda Fries and her squad. Uh, the Terps made the final list of several highly rated players for the 2021 football class. Uh, They made the top six of QO defensive tackle Marcus Bradley, a guy that was rumored to commit to the Terps along with uh, his teammate, Damion Robinson, but uh, that didn't come all the way through. So Terps make the top six along with Tennessee, Texas A&M, Ohio State, LSU, and USC. Jordan, Southern Cal, or South Carolina?
1: Uh, That is Southern California.
0: Uh, They make the top seven of St. Francis Academy linebacker Aaron Willis. Uh, there, alongside Michigan, Arizona State, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, and LSU. The top five of Northwest uh, up in Germantown, wide receiver Caden Parther. Uh, they make that top five along South Carolina, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Penn State. And then they make a top ten of St. Francis linebacker Jamon Dumas Johnson. And the top six of Demathis Greg Penn alongside Alabama, Texas AM, LSU, Tennessee, and South Carolina. Jordan. Uh, It seems like A&M is actually, and Tennessee have, starting to form some roots here.
1: Yeah, I noticed that a lot of these schools share the same team, or sorry, a lot of these lists have the same teams on them, some of them Tennessee, Texas A&M, LSU, and South Carolina, and their claws in the DMV apparently, but look, getting into the top rankings for all these guys, all of them four-star prospects, I forgot to mention that, um... It's it's good. It's really good to see these local kids, at least considering Maryland. Not as much Penn State and Ohio State as you maybe would have thought, besides for Marcus Bradley and uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson. Look, you just got to get a couple of them. You're not going to get everybody on this list, of course, but just getting a couple. I mean, there's three linebackers here. Get one of them. Uh, Caden Prather, a wide receiver. I mean, great, great if you get him. Marcus Bradley, defensive tackle. I know, Mason, you think we need to get
0: him. Yeah, we do need to get him. That That's got to be... The guy they're looking at, Ryan Barnes, another player from QO. Terps are in the conversation for, along with the quarterback, uh, Brian Plummer. I think that's his name. His last name is definitely Plummer. Yeah. Uh, they got to close out have QO get all four of those players. Um, the wide receiver from Northwest, though, a, a guy that was 100% Penn State lead on 247. Yeah. Uh, the Terps, though, making a strong push there along with uh, of course, your Penn State's and South Carolina. Those are really the schools that are involved there. Well,
1: oh, you got to mention, of course, speaking from Moco, Mason, the Northwest and QO are huge football rivals. And I don't know how much pull it really has. That see- None of that matters.
0: I was you just know, saying. know, Maryland's got players from DeMath and Good counsel.
1: I was just saying that QO, seeing guys from QO and Northwest, like those guys know each other. They're very close together schools. And having um, DeMond Robinson and Marcus Bradley come on to Maryland. That's got to be something. Like you're seeing your own, the guys who you play against and probably go to camps with come to Maryland and do it in their hometown, as people keep trying to say. That's going to have some sway for these kids. And for the St. Francis kids, you got to get Baltimore on your side if you want to win the DMV. You really do. And that's yeah. something Maryland has lacked for as long as I can remember, really.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I-, I always see it as separate, though. Baltimore is not in the DMV, Baltimore is Baltimore.
1: I understand what you're saying there. But still, that's a huge talent pool.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. But there's a separation here. The WCAC is the DMV. The uh, IAA is the DMV. The MIAA, which is Baltimore, that's Baltimore. I I see what you're saying. And and I'm saying, I'm, I'm not trying to really exclude Baltimore, but I'm pretty sure Baltimore agrees with me on this. The DMV... And Baltimore are different areas. They're different recruiting areas. That's why Corey Robinson was here, and that's why Michael Oxley was here. Now Corey Robinson's gone. Now he was your main Baltimore recruiter. So trying to bridge that gap is going to be a challenge for this staff at the moment. They don't really have a Baltimore recruiter,
1: but they're in the top. They're in contention for Baltimore recruits, though.
0: St. Francis isn't Baltimore. St. Francis is St. Francis. They're recruiting nationally. But they're like IMG level. IMG oh, you're saying St. Francis are yes. nationally. Uh, okay. Uh, IMG has no ties to the schools in Florida. No. St. Francis has no ties to schools in Maryland.
1: All right. Well, maybe you're right. I'm I mean, going to assume you are.
0: I, I know. When people are talking about Maryland needs to control Baltimore, they're talking about Gilman. They're talking about Calvert Hall. They're talking about, you know, Boys Latin who gets a few players in football. They, they need to pull... You know, Baltimore, but they got to control the DMV because Baltimore has St. Francis. St. Francis is in Baltimore, there's no doubt about that. But the Turps got to be in the DMV, and they're continuing to do that here on the suburbs. So list. essentially,
1: what you're saying then the DMV really refers to DC and its suburbs.
0: But that's what the phrase
1: has always meant, Jordan. I, I know that. But it's been used, I feel like it's been used differently recently.
0: I think in this Maryland football conversation, it's been used differently. Yeah, I could go for that.
1: Oh, Speaking, not necessarily of Baltimore, but also recruiting, uh, they're also in the finalists for Dejon Warren, the uh, 2021 JUCO prospect currently at Lackawanna Community College up in Pennsylvania, considered a Penn State Lane, but from Hyattsville. That's something else that I've noticed really just this morning when I saw that he uh, retweeted one of our things. Uh, that You tweeted that, Mason, from our Twitter account. Um, Is... We are also getting on kids from the DMV, from the Baltimore area as well, that go to JUCO and are still from Maryland.
0: Yeah, and I I don't want to speak for this kid. If you look at this man's Twitter page, there is no way this man is a Penn State lean. I'm just looking
1: at 247. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that personally from my knowledge.
0: I mean, and going back to your main point there. I just had to throw that one out. Going back to your main point there. Maryland is on Lackawanna. They are recruiting Lackawanna in the, you know, you go through the EMCC is more controlled by the SEC for all you Last Chance U fans. But Maryland is attacking the junior college market right now.
1: Yeah, they're also a kid from Hutchinson, which is a huge ju- juco power. Yeah,
0: and that's another school that has ties to Maryland.
1: I thought I, how does Hutchinson have ties to Maryland? I actually don't know that one.
0: Well, there's a difference. I mean, I'm not talking about direct coaching ties, but Maryland has players from Hutchinson. Maryland's <laughs> gotten players in the past from Hutchinson. Yeah. Those are those established players because in the JUCO market, it's not really – it is where your coaches went to school. That does have something to do with it. But the ties are where I can look at kids that have gone here, the pictures on the wall next to the school they went to, and see that they've had success. And Maryland's pulled kids from Hutchinson. They're pulling them now. And – they're starting to make inroads into this. And it's a spot that a lot of people pointed at where if you need to start a program and really, you know, stoke your fire.
1: The quickest way to do it is through the JUCO market.
0: Yeah, the quickest way to do it is a mixed JUCO and recruiting. And I think that this JUCO push is coming in a time where you're, you you want to see a large and mass culture change. And I think that getting players that you can throw out there on the field that you know have some heat to them and have what Coach Locksley wants and have what these position coaches want is how you do that quicker because if you look at what they're doing with these Juco kids, it leans more and more, at least to myself and to what I know about the program, as they need to create competition, and they need to do it now, and they need to do it with guys that they brought into this program.
1: Oh, it also goes to um, Dave, Dave Monaco from Trapper Times said this one time that's really stuck with me. DMV is a very show me area when it comes to recruiting. You need to be able to say, "Hey, we're having success. You can come here and be successful." And it's frankly, it's hard to do that for anywhere, anyone, anywhere when you are going three and nine. You don't want to go three and nine again because let's be real. If you're a recruit that's highly regarded with offers from places like Auburn and Alabama and Ohio State, it's kind of even if you love Maryland, it's hard to go there and say, "Man, I'm going to a three and nine school." Like, that's a hard thing to convince a player to do. By getting these Juco kids, you can accelerate the process of success and maybe make deeper inroads in recruiting.
0: And I think that's a good place to leave this. Uh, the Terps are hot on the recruiting trail right now. Coach Locksley using this time well. Uh, Jordan, the Terps lost to recruiting a recruit in basketball. uh transfer recruiting that is Bryce Aiken. He's off the Seton Hall. Not much to uh, really talk about here. I mean... They lost. Yeah, they did. Yet again.
1: Yeah, this was a big one. Bryce Aiken. But people knew Bryce Aiken was going to Seton Hall, really. I mean, every insider was saying he's going to Seton Hall.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's where this really conversation starts. But it's like, at this point, and I know we talked about this a little bit, Maryland's lost Alex O'Connell, the Duke transfer now. They lost Bryce Aiken. They lost uh, Carly Jones. They lost... Who else were they in the top? They weren't
1: somebody else. Another top one. I can't remember who.
0: You know, it doesn't even matter top or not top considered. They're losing on this front. They've lost like this before. You know, when Maryland ended up with Sean Obie, and I, I hate to keep bringing this up because I thought Sean Obie gave his all to Maryland, and, you know, I'm not attacking Sean Obie. I'm using this as an example. That was another situation where Maryland made the top five, I swear to God, every five top five list. A lot of top three lists. A lot of top two lists. They lose every single one of these guys. And it's at this point, it's like, what am I even doing? I'm not even getting excited over this stuff anymore. Recruiting is supposed to build excitement in your fan base. It's supposed to build some sort of confidence in your fan base. But when you see Maryland losing to schools like Seton Hall, I'm talking about both on and off the court in okay. that case. And like, they look like they're about to lose to Alabama for Jordan Burner. Yeah, that that's a tough one. I mean, I could sell somebody to go to Maryland over Alabama in basketball. Nonetheless, these guys are making six, nine, seven figures, my mistake, to do this. I, I
1: don't disagree with you, Mason. And it's, look, the the two recruits that we've really lost, everybody seems to talk about, grad transfers, I mean, I keep saying recruits. Um, are Carl Jones and Bryce Aiken. And there are arguments to say, like, okay, well, they both want to go closer to home, and that's a big theme right now in recruiting, in all types of recruiting, is this this type of disastrous situation we're in is telling kids that they want to be closer to home in general. We're seeing that in football. Rutgers football recruiters actually get a big leg up because of that, because it's, like, times like this do you remember, like, man, if something goes wrong, I need to be close to home. Carlock Jones went close to home in Louisville. He's from Cincinnati. It's, like, an hour away. Uh, Bryce Aiken from New Jersey was, went to New Jersey. I mean, you could say that, but also, those are big guys. Those are impact players that you are missing out on. That's what it really comes down to at the end. And Jordan Bruner is the guy, though, that everybody knows, in all caps, you have to win.
0: I don't even think that's the case. We got to find ourselves a center. This man is not a center. No, he's a flex four. I don't understand what people are like, this one's a must-get, this one's a must-get. We have a point guard. We have a shooting guard. We have a small forward. We have a power forward. We do not have a center. Cho Marielle, as good as he may be, the man can't stay on the floor. Joshua Tomajic, as much as I want him to be good, as much as I want to see the guy that came into Maryland develop into a player. Because he could shoot at one time. He could dribble. He was a Euro-style player that had multiple skills. I do not understand. He's just not going to develop. I do not understand why everyone is fussing over point guards and, and and power forwards. Now, this man would be great if we could get him. But it's putting a player that started this whole last season on the bench. We have got to replace Jalen Smith. And getting a guy that's 6'8", 6'7", to 6'9", you know, that range player flex four, does not do that.
1: Uh, Jordan, we still need to come, just, just letting you know, despite what Mason said. I'm
0: not saying that it's negative if we get this guy. It's a huge positive. The guy could really play basketball. But the focus as far as us as a fan base and the angst needs to be the fact that we don't have a center. Not oh. that we're missing. And, you know what, not to contradict myself, we can be angry that we're not getting any of these guys that we in the top two to three for.
1: But and, and we should be, I would say, too. Just because saying. we
0: think we need them. I mean, we do need them. We need to get players that can actually produce. We need to get set players that can actually produce because right now we're relying on development solely. But we need an actual center. That's the thing that you need. Which
1: pulls us into the next guy who we seem to be high on. You can try pronounce this one, Mason, because this is a hard one.
0: <laughs> Some European dude.
1: Um, Raponas Ivansauskas.
0: Yeah, that sounds good to me, Jordan. But we're gonna get through this one last player. But we did discuss more of this with Bruce. And just to reiterate, we recorded with Bruce the other night. So he does talk about Bryce Aiken a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, so we we'll just call this guy R.A. Because I'm not trying to pronounce his name every time. 6'10 Center from Colgate, who was a – sorry, R.I. My bad. Um, thank you, Mason. Um, 6'10 Center, who was a four-star recruit coming out of college, high school. I, I read about this. Something happened to him, and he ended up at Colgate. Um, It wasn't like anything bad, I think he got hurt or something, but he's played really well there. He averaged 15 points a game last season, seven, 8 rebounds, high major draft to this guy, and Mason doesn't seem very interested in him.
0: I seem interested. I'm not saying that. I have no faith. None. I mean, it seems like we talk about a new grad transfer, transfer every week, every episode on this show, because we're doing like two a week now. And I am interested in it. I think that they could get, actually get this guy. Because we have a good track record with European centers.
1: That is a good point. I actually didn't think about you that. You see,
0: you remember what I talk about with these guys. Yeah, I do. What success can we point to? Here we have... You know what? We might even balloon it with Tchaikovsky and Bender.
1: Well, hey, Tchaikovsky's playing pro. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he's playing pro back Maybe home. JT
0: is another European center. That is true. And Bender is a European center. But so
1: is Alex who who is a top-five draft pick.
0: Okay, so yeah, maybe they got something there. But they also might have figured out a way to blow this when they didn't get Dragon.
1: Yeah, he didn't turn out too well anyway.
0: Oh, tell me that guy wouldn't have been good in college basketball.
1: Oh, he could have been good, but he's kind of flamed out in the NBA. He can't stay on the floor, and he's both he has, skinny.
0: He has not been in very many good situations as far as him developing.
1: No, that that is true. Um, but we're not here to talk about Dragon Bender. Mason, you are right on one thing, which is we're talking about a different tra- transfer every week, it feels like. And it's frustrating to some extent. It's also not totally Turgent's fault. I mean, players transferring a lot of the place these days. So yep. New ones transferring every day, but... Look, we'll talk about this with Bruce. Let's we'll just hope we land one of these guys and hope it's one that it fills the needs of the team.
0: Yeah, and with that, I guess let's go ahead and get to our interview with Bruce. Now we welcome in for his second, only second appearance on the young turps podcast bruce posner uh, the host of turp talk the sports maven and a fairly new show on wnst bruce
2: yeah correct uh science at kirk presents in the nest uh every monday morning at 8 a.m drive time in baltimore what used to be drive time we'll put it like that and also with a replay at 12 o'clock shows a little bit over an hour i kind of have a little freeway to uh, go over her if I want to. And uh, believe it or not, I've been working my butt off preparing for all three of the shows because they're all still going. And Mason, you've been on. I'm trying to get Jordan on this week. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You have to really work to find your stories, but the stories are out there. And like today, there was four or five, not so much all about Maryland, but there were four or five breaking stories about the new golf days and the the movement of the masters in November and a, a lot of things going on. And, you know, the rumors about baseball starting in Arizona. So, and then there was a huge story that broke it. Uh, Wayne called me at like three o'clock. And I know that's one of the things we really want to talk about today. And that sticks, uh, Definitely announced to go pro after was beginning to be a little speculation. Here's my question for you two, because uh, I've been talking about it a lot uh, before this happened. Before he uh, admitted to go, going pro today, why do you think his stock has fallen in all of the mock drafts? Knowing they're just mock drafts, but still his stock has definitely fell to the point. where he's out of the first round at NBA draft dead. I'd like to hear what
0: both both of you think. I'll start off with that, and I really just think it's a lack of uh, communication between both uh, the people that run the mock drafts and scouts and then Sticks being a guy that really, I think, needed those combine days, needed those workouts to really show what he's got, because uh, he's just been a guy that's kind of been underlooked as far as this draft uh, year has kind of gone. Jordan, what do you think?
1: Well, I think this is kind of a bigger problem with NBA, specifically NBA mock scouting, is without actual basketball being played, I think a lot of scouts fall back on what they believe are traits that lead to success, um, like measurables, potential high school ranking stuff like that. You've seen this a lot with NBA scouts, or sorry, with um, mock NBA mockers in general, and without that basketball being played in the tournament and without the combine happening, they're just going to fall back on what they always fall back on, which is um, measurables, traits, vertical leaps, stuff like that, that oftentimes, I, at least I think, doesn't actually predict success.
2: I just, you know, you know, you guys obviously were both away this year, and so you didn't catch a lot of Maryland games, but you were there enough to know uh, some of the bigger games that, you know, it was impossible to get a seat on press row. And it wasn't because of initial press. It was because of what? The scouts. Well, what have they been looking at? That's what I don't understand. I, I go back over the season and it, I'm hard pressed to find a game where sticks like really underperformed, maybe in Iowa against Luca Garza. But then when he, when Luke came to, when Luca Garza came to Maryland sticks outplayed him. So there were very few games where he didn't get double He had 21 double-doubles. It was incredible. I mean, but what in the world do they have to see? In other words, why? I just don't understand how he can fall except for this influx of Euros into, into the draft.
0: Well, and then there's the conflicting uh, viewpoint. Don Marcus, formerly of the Baltimore Sun, today came out and said that he's talked to multiple scouts, and it shouldn't be a big surprise. Uh, he's got words from them saying that Sticks is a guy that's going between 15 and what was it? 25.
1: Yeah, I think it's what he said.
0: And there's just, there's a lot of happens. There's a lot of, you know, this, it seems like every year growing more and more, a lot of these draft predictors getting some things wrong with just specific players.
2: Listen, I hope that's the case because I, I'm rooting for Sticks. I mean, he gave us two phenomenal years at college park. He really, like, helped put us back on the map a little bit. And, uh, you know, I just hope that it works out for him. It would be, you know, really sad if it didn't. And that's why I thought maybe he would test the draft, you know. And I thought the NBA was going to work on that a little bit. But it seems to me like he's full board. He's gone, you know, whether he goes to the first round or second round or whatever. So I hope the NBA has told him that he should be a first-round pick. Because if not, it would be really problematic to have left. And, uh, you know, certainly if Bruno was a first round pick Sticks should be a first round pick. I mean, sticks has so much, you know, talent. It's like, it's hard to even define it. The fact he can hit the outside shot, he can post down low. He's good on blocks. Defense has to get a little bit better. His passing's okay. Uh, but his uh, his game is so developed, and I just hope it works out for him. Uh, I, I sure do. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Now, I'll ask you, this kid from Yale, is it Jordan Gruden? I think that's his
1: name. Uh, Jordan Burner, the power forward at Yale.
2: Right, Bruner. Right, Jordan Bruner. Now, he's supposedly down to three schools
1: now. Is that correct,
2: or is that that kid Aiken, the point guard?
1: No, that is correct. Um, His three finalists are Maryland, Baylor, and Alabama. Well,
2: if he's going to come to Maryland, wouldn't you think it would be in the next couple days?
1: I would think the odds that he's going to Maryland are probably pretty high now. It seemed like he was kind of waiting to see if Sticks would stay or go. Um, I can't be, I can't definitively say the leans to Maryland, but it certainly feels like that to me.
0: But then again, you're talking about schools in there, Baylor and Alabama. We have got to be beating those schools in recruiting. I know Baylor had a great year, props to them for that, but we have got to be winning on the recruiting path against two football schools.
2: Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, certainly over the course of time, our program's been better than Baylor. This year might not have been, I don't know. But uh, and also the pub that you get from being at Maryland. I mean the national TV games. Although you know this thing about Sticks, he, it's really important for Maryland for him to be drafted in that first round. I know you guys understand why. It's really important. Uh, if he's not, I'll be shocked and probably disappointed. But you know, you bring Bruner in and this guy Hamilton. Mason, you what's your what's your take on this kid Hamilton who committed last week?
0: Well, we talked about it on the podcast a little bit last week. I think that you're getting a player that has shown year-over-year year improvement but definitely needs to take the next step. Uh, he can contribute off the bench. There's nothing. There's no question about that one. It's just if he can develop into a starter. Uh, another player a lot, in my opinion, like Danta Scott and a guy that's kind of in that range of being a tougher basketball player that averages, what was it, nine a game last year. Yep, nine a game, six and a half boards. Can kind of stretch the floor, you know, but a guy that needs to take the next step if he's really going to contribute in a program like Maryland that brings in uh, high caliber players.
2: So uh, let me ask you this. Sorry. We know Ricky Lindo. Is it rumored that he's going to Rutgers, or is that becoming a fact?
0: I've only heard that as a rumor. Uh, Ricky Lindo, a guy, though, that I know we all watched, or specifically you and I, Bruce, saw him in practice. Uh, before his freshman year and was like, that guy can really play. Um, I'm really sad to see him go. What is your take on that one?
2: Well, you know what? It's like Ricky Lindo was one of those guys. He had a a couple good games, whatever game he hit that big three. And I don't remember, but he hit a monster three, but offensively, he just, he just didn't have it. He just could not bring it. You know, he had a lot of hustle and a lot of fight. He played his heart out, but Scoring wise, he just didn't have it. And I, you know, I don't know what's going to change about that going somewhere else. And the other thing is why in the world would he leave? I mean, with sticks going, no matter who comes here, he's going to get a lot of time. And and for the life of me, I can't figure out why he would leave at this point after sweating it out for the first couple of years. It makes no sense to me. I don't know where the advice was coming from, but uh, I know Turgeon had to be upset about it. Uh you know, uh, there aren't any more surprises I'm going to ask about anybody going into the portal, because I'm telling you what, it's it's nuts out there with the portal. I mean, Illinois lost those two guys that, is, that are just backbreaking for them, and uh, I don't know. Is there anybody else? I mean, is everybody else set? Because I do believe we'll be a good team next year. I really do. And if this kid Bruner comes and Aiken, or if you get a list, at least one of them uh, I think that uh, there will certainly be an NCAA team, and that's the first step we have to worry about.
0: Yeah, it is. But if you just take a look quickly around the conference here, Ohio State losing uh, Luther Muhammad.
1: And Michigan. Ohio State also lost D.J. Carton.
0: Yeah, Michigan loses uh, David DeJulius, the guy that lit Maryland up.
1: And then a po- a oh, Maryland he light Maryland up.
0: Yeah, and a player that, lo- that Maryland's actually looking at. Uh, Matt Harms leaves Purdue. Another player that Maryland's in the conversation for, apparently. Yep, Maryland has been pursuing Matt Harms. No,
1: uh, Matt Harms released a list yesterday. Maryland is not in the conversation for him.
0: They pursued him. Any other Big Ten teams?
1: They're no longer in contention for him.
2: Uh, Any other Big Ten teams out for Matt Harms? Uh,
1: I think, I don't know. It was a really long list. It was like 25 teams or something. Um, I don't remember. I only saw Maryland wasn't on it, but I'm sure there's another Big Ten school on it. Actually, I'll look right now. Well, Hold that's on.
0: one of those players that, I mean, Maryland, Chance, you are ugly at you. I don't really think you're inclined to play for Maryland. <laughs> but but that's, that's, uh,
1: that's neither here nor there.
0: But I'm just all around the conference, just turnover. And, you know, my biggest thing is so many of these guys seem to have these other teams within the same conference in the conversation for them, which for the life of me, I don't understand.
1: Well, I think a lot of that for us is the old ACC rule that you can't recruit within conference, which I think is a good rule still. But I think some of that is left over from us. Um, the only Big Ten school that has contacted Matt Harms is Minnesota, according to him.
0: Yeah, and he's not going to well, end up there. Minnesota is going to end up with that transfer from a Drake that Maryland was looking into, uh center that will be heading up there.
2: And, you know, you forgot that uh, – what's his name? Alan Griffin's left uh, – was it Illinois? A good, good shooter. And IU Dasamnu is declaring for the NBA draft from Illinois?
0: Yeah, that one's not a big surprise. Dasumu, um, that's just – he's such a good player. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up finding a spot in a rotation in the NBA as soon as next season. Maybe he'll take that one development year to get there, but he's going to be a guy that both Jordan and I have looked at and said – you know, you saw him play against Maryland, too, Bruce. That guy can play himself some basketball.
2: There's no doubt. No doubt. Maryland was very lucky to win two games against
0: Illinois, especially the first one. That first one was very lucky. Well, but, Bruce. Uh, so, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we'll finish up your point.
2: Looking at Maryland now, all right, let's say that we have to go with that yellow point guard. They, they don't get this Bryce Aiken from Harvard. Who also lit up Maryland. In fact, I looked up his biography. The first point of his biography was that he lit up Maryland for 30 points. I'm not making that up. That was the sideline. Uh, how do you see the team next year? I mean, with, uh, look, he's still got four starters coming back or four semi starters. I mean, Ayala and uh, Dante Scott and uh, who am I leaving out? Uh, Morcel? Wiggins and Morsell, that's the nucleus of a team, especially Morsell's going to be a senior, Wiggins a junior, you know, and uh, Ayala a junior. Can Ayala handle the point? Can Dante Scott step it up to be a power forward? I mean, there's a lot of ifs there, which is why I got like Jordan Bruner, I'm more concerned about him than uh, Bryce Aiken. I think that Jordan Bruner is, there are no big guys on this team. All right. And and unless I'm missing somebody, but you can't rely on uh so Marielle Mariel. You just can't. I mean, he was so raw this year. It was almost like sometimes he wasn't out there. And, and plus the fact he seems like he can't go more than like 15 minutes. Do You see anything that I'm missing?
0: No, I don't see anything that you're missing. Here's my question for next season. And Bruce, you might be able to shine some light on this one. You got a guy like Aaron Wiggins, who at one point, and we all remember this point, supposed to be, and you can see it when he really picks it up. There's NBA talent there. No doubt. There's NBA jumping ability, there's shooting ability. It's all on the table for him. As a program, as, as presenting an image to recruits, in my opinion, that guy has got to start because so oh, well, next year there's not even a question. There's you you've got to know that in recruiting, they're gonna say, you know, this guy Wiggins was supposed to take the next step. He was supposed to be an NBA lottery draft pick, and he's on the bench now. Do you want to be in that spot? I mean, there's, in my opinion, such a recruiting weapon against Maryland. If Aaron Wiggins doesn't make it, if he doesn't pan out, that you got to start him. But on the other hand, you got Morcell, a senior, a guy that's put in all this hard work and all this heart getting the guys that need to be on the floor to present what you want to be as a program next year is going to be something those coaching staff has to handle, and I think there could be some trouble with it.
2: Well, let me tell you this much. Without Callen there and Sticks not being there, you're not going to have much decision about who's going to play at this point. I mean, I don't know about these two freshmen, Dockery and the other one who's not committed, but they're still freshmen, and you don't get Anthony Callens and Miller Trimble come by every day. Hopefully they're that good. You know, but I, I haven't read anything to that effect. But uh, I yeah. don't know. I still think the team's okay for next year. Go ahead, guys.
0: I think they're going to be good next year. I think they got a good rhythm going. Uh, Aquan Smart and Dockery are kind of guys like Akeem Hart. They're going to be guys that the, Turgeon wants to give a year to kind of sell and give them some minutes here and there. But. It's going to be. They got Atlanta grad transfer. And I think everyone knows that. Bruce, one more for you. uh I guess you haven't been out on the golf course this year. uh No sports. What What are you doing with your time?
2: Well, you know what. uh I've kind of taken care of a lot of the personal things. That I really never spent the time where I was always behind as far as uh you know the books and the future and everything that you know setting up. Uh, you know financially where i'm at being a little bit smarter with it until the market collapsed but that's out of everybody's hands but uh, i tell you what i've been watching a lot of sports a lot of nfl football cuz there's been a lot and i am you know having to do still three shows every week and trying to present you know information that makes sense that's uh, that's important like the nfl draft and the nba draft and just uh, really, really study it as much as I can. But basically, I'm going out of my mind not having anything to really watch on TV. I mean, you, it's all speculation. and spe- But, uh, you know, I'm getting by, man. We're all good. We got to get by till this thing ends. We got It's a fight. It really is. And you got to especially because myself, because I'm uh, certainly elderly and I got to be very, very careful. So I'm really spent a lot of time in the house, and I've been able to do the shows from home. And uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kept me busy. I'll put it to you like that.
0: Yeah, the minute you said the NFL draft, you know who uh, must be quite uh, able to entertain themselves during this time, Bruce is Dennis.
2: Oh, Dennis is all—he's all over. I mean, like he's really all over. Hey, look, things were so tough the other night. I watched WrestleMania. All right. In other words, at least it was some kind of live event. And if, you know, they're talking about uh, Tiger, Tiger and uh, Peyton Manning against Brady and, and Phil Mickelson. And a golf course in Florida is coming up, hopefully. And the horse tournament, this 2K thing, I just can't understand. I really, it's hard to watch. I don't know if you Jordan loves it, it.
1: Who loves it? Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty entertaining, but... I play two K so I, I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean I
2: it's just I, I'm starting to watch, I'm starting to try and get into it, but uh it's been fun and you know, we still have horse racing on TV, so I watch that a little bit each day and you know, I just uh put the day put the day through, but the days pass. Look, the days are uh they're long right now. But the years are short and I'm hoping that this time moves by quicker that we can get out of this mess and let's it's so sad all these people that have passed away and uh suddenly across the country and hopefully Maryland we can keep it down as much as we can but uh I think when things finally end everything's going to be different we know that attendance is going to be different you know unless there's really confidence but you know The vaccine comes out, and, you know, a year from now, we could be looking back at this saying, how did that happen? Or hopefully they learn from it and they don't let it happen again. But uh, these are strange times. There's no doubt.
0: Yes, they are, Bruce. One
2: other other thing i got to mention while I'm on the phone with you guys, and that is we talk about the great coaches, the great minds of sport, and what my guy John Tillman has done. Preparing for the future. Mason and Jordan, it's off the charts. It's like for next year, he's landed, arguably, the three top scorers out of high school, or let's say three out of eight, okay, or three out of six, led by this kid, Daniel Kelly. I'll put some stuff up on the website. I don't know if you guys have looked at it, but what, what he's done is just incredible He set with this offense till 2024 now how many guys can say that you know but he's a master of preparation and everything else he's just done a great job and hopefully Lockley is doing the same thing when you see the ninth ranked class I mean you got to feel good about it who's gonna be quarterback guys I asked that last night I never got an
0: answer I think it's Josh Jackson I think that he's going to get... The spring ball really affected Lejeune, and I think that um, it's the guy that's going to have the most experience as, as a lot of these position battles wind up as.
1: To be honest, I it really say? matters. I think once we get into the season, we might see a quarterback battle on the field. Um, I think Lance is probably going to take the starting role eventually sometime next season, but I'm going to agree with Mason that Josh takes it at least on opening day, whenever that is.
0: Well, I think you have the opportunity hopefully in those first two games, to split snaps and and get those guys going, seeing which one's better against Towson and the Northern Illinois. But who knows if it's even going to happen, Bruce?
2: No, no, I agree. Right now everything's up in the air, but I have a feeling that there will be college football. Maybe it's pushed back a couple weeks. When the hell's the difference? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, you know, for the life of me, if it starts September, you know, October 1st, you know. Maybe knock out a couple games. I mean, do who do we play? Who's our who's our do we still have a double A team or is that gone? Yeah, Towson. Well, do we really need to play Towson? You know what I'm well, saying? if they want to I mean, if
0: they wanna make a bowl, yeah. <laughs> I mean if they want the opportunities, they need to take the ones where they can get them, but that's a conversation for another, another day. day. And as always, Bruce. Hey last time Towson almost beat us. If you remember, I think they were up at halftime. There was a game like that, not in the most recent time. As always, Bruce, uh, stay safe out there, and I guess we'll talk soon because, well, just like you, you know, the struggle's out there for things to talk about. Yeah,
2: it is, but, uh, you know, there's more than you would imagine if you look hard enough. It's out there. But, uh, guys, thanks for having me on. The show's unbelievable. I hear great things from everybody. I listen to it when i'm told to when something's germane to me or when something's important you guys have done humble how many shows has there been
0: this one is number uh, 157 bruce
2: 157 my second appearance wow
0: i know that that was unbelievable to me but we took this chance to get you on and uh i
2: you got to remember i'm on every day every week so it's not like i'm not on you know then when you guys are on it's like uh i feel like i'm on so Uh, because we certainly speak basically the same language. But anyway, guys, thanks a lot for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you both soon.
0: Yep, talk soon, and as always, thanks for coming on. And that was Bruce Posner, and as always, you can catch him on the radio, what do you say now, three times a week. Yep,
1: yep, and I was on with him actually very recently, and uh, had a good talk with him about what the next season may hold for us, and for college athletics in general.
0: Yeah, and, um, well, Bruce is just, grinding away at it, you know, get getting his shows out, doing him when he can, uh, over the phone. You know, the station has uh, requirements about how many people can be in the building a lot, so it's mostly sound the mirrors. But Bruce has been uh, finding a way to uh, keep his voice out there and uh, giving himself and all of us content for Terp Talk.
1: Yeah, um, he's keeping with the platform, keeping his name out there, and that's all he can do at this time. Always good to talk with the uh, man behind it all.
0: Yeah, and really... You know, both Jordan and I appreciate it. You know, giving us a place to put this show... What was that now, two years ago?
1: Yeah, um... This well, coming
0: up on two years ago. Th- yeah, he's provided a great platform. Well, coming up on three years ago.
1: F- real? Oh, I guess you're right. Wow. That's weird to yeah, think about. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure this show started July of 2017.
1: No, you're right. This is going to be three years soon. Uh, yeah, but Bruce has been a great, uh, done a great service to us by letting us post our podcast on his platform and helped us grow in ways we can't possibly pay him back for, and we have to thank him for that.
0: Yeah, and... um. Well, I guess we'll be hearing four and more. You know, the longest this goes on, the more that we're going to have,
1: less you know, and less Bruce to- and,
0: and yeah. Don and Todd and Dave LaMonaco. You know, the the guests of the Young Terps podcast are just going to start popping up left and right. Yeah, we but got less
1: and less to talk about every week.
0: Somehow we figure out a way to talk for 43 minutes every episode. Well, I
1: think to some extent, we're getting a little bit off track here, but to some extent, the less stuff to talk about gives us more freedom to just ramble when we want to.
0: And there's a lot to ramble about right now, but I guess that's going to do it for this episode. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner 4 Gates in Rockville, for all of your work-from-home needs. Viner 4 Gates has got you covered. You can give them a call at 301-251-2900. Or, of course, visit them on the web at the number one, Viner.com, for all of your work-from-home needs and Allied Party Rentals for all of your post-coronavirus party needs. Allied's got everything that you need to have the perfect party. You can visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com. I guess we'll be back here on the podcast when something else happens. Or if not, we'll be back here to rant more about how we can't get grad transfers. Oh. Whichever comes first.
1: Whichever comes first. Um, yeah, I don't know we're going to be back, but I'm sure we'll be back soon, so keep tuned.
0: And just a tease here, keep your eyes out for some new content coming.
1: Oh, yes, please do.
0: And, yeah, we'll leave it at that. And as always, of course, thanks for listening, and stay safe out there.